Folk to the Find the Path Ventures actual play of the War for the Crown Adventure Path. Where we are being wined, dined, <laughs> and soon to be entertained. Quote unquote. Supposedly. Yeah, we'll see if it's actually entertaining or if it's about it goes over about as well as these weird sheep costumes they've put all the serving staff in. Yeah, I don't I I have I a few like theories that. bubbling, but uh, I have a feeling it will be none of them. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well Rick said it'd be something unexpected, and considering I'm expecting murder, so maybe that means we won't get attacked. Welcome to the dessert course, cake or death. Oh. Yeah. And we're all out oh, of cake. I'm so sorry. We, oh, no. cake. <laughs> we have no more cake. Well, I wasn't expecting everyone to want cake. <laughs> Still, hands down, one of the best uh, Susie Eddie Izzard skits mm-hmm. ever. Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah, welcome back, everyone, to the continued exploits of the Knights of Summer. Here in beautiful scenic, one might say, Merritt County in the northern portion of, actually, it's technically more of central Taldor. In the heartland, we find our heroes attending the Tanager Jubilee, a uh, a fun-filled party thus far that involved a lot of socializing, chatting with people, getting to know your new neighbors. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like you have a block party, and right after you've moved in, you've moved into the new house, they're like, hey, buddy, come on out to our block party, and then you're out there just kind of socializing with all your new friends, learning about their various eccentricities. And their peacocks, (laughs) some of which you eat. Yeah, I was gonna Sometimes say that's the thing shot. is I'm sitting there. I, I sat there after that episode and went, "Did we eat the peacocks that Rick foreshadowed by mentioning the fact that there were peacocks out on the road?" <laughs> no, no, I thought they were different stopping. peacocks. Yes, these were the ones that couldn't sing. Oh, <laughs> oh. these are the ones that weren't beautiful. All the female oh. peacocks. <laughs> they put them at, quote unquote out to pasture. No, oh. they just came back from a farm upstate. Well, at least you know they're all the male ones. It's true. It is, it's just all the dudes. <laughs> well, again, we'd had a, a fun-filled day of excitement thus far where you guys had had the uh, the battle that is brunch. You then played a little <laughs> bit of Truco while some of you had also the brunch. enjoyed a nice little jousting tournament, a little tourney battle between uh, between friends. Mm-hmm. And a few games of Truco. And a couple games of Truco. And then uh, after that, you had uh, not necessarily enjoyed so much, especially in the case of uh, Felix, but... Got shot at by uh, a crossbow bolt. Not even just shot at, I got shot. Yeah, Yeah. you got shot. (laughs) Full shot. Right here. Full on shot. (laughs) Full on poisoned by that arrow or bolt. I've still got a hole in my dress. Well, I think Cornelius fixed that for me. I did did mend that. I think he does have mending. Um, And prestigitized and all the rest. That got you you presentable again. You went to the powder room and uh, came back out and we're all ready to go. At which point you started the Feast of the Victor. And we'd actually finished both the uh, the appetizer round, which was uh, delicious, as well as the uh, the main course mm-hmm. um, over the course of basically an hour or so as you had enjoyed the feast. At which point you were informed that it was time for dessert. There's sometimes while I'm sitting here, this isn't me doing the opening. This is this is Rick, the game master, just talking. <laughs> There's sometimes while I'm sitting here and I'm going, what the hell are we playing? I can spend an entire episode going like, here's your hors d'oeuvres and here's your appetizers. And (laughs) I really enjoy this game because it is so like 
I don't remember exactly what was going on in episode 45 of Mummy's Mask. I think you guys were punching out zombies or something Probably. like that. Most likely. Most likely. But it's like the, the juxtaposition between like Tyrant's Grasp and Mummy's Mask and Hell's Rebels and then this, where you're all just sitting here sipping your wine and enjoying your yes. compass. <laughs> and our biggest concern is whether we can be convincing enough. I think the thing that would offend your other characters the most is how much experience you're getting from sitting here. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're getting tons of experience for sitting okay. here and, and mm. socializing. We're literally, we're not even doing social combat. We're just doing socializing. I mean, mm. I don't know. Some of this has felt like combat. Honduras <laughs> is just over there like, I'm sitting here dying of mummy rot, and they're over there like playing a nice game of Truco. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mummy's best characters got to go to a party once too. <laughs> it was a party, though. It was still a party. Yeah. Has anyone else ever heard of Cozy Catastrophe? No. 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 Cozy Catastrophe in literature is an idea of, uh, here's how it's defined, a work of post-apocalyptic science fiction dealing with the adventures of a small group of people who survived the collapse of civilization relatively unscathed. Hmm. <laughs> uh, the whole idea is that the entire world is terrible, but for these other people, it's just like, oh, well, the world's coming to an end, but... Uh, all right, well, I guess things just kind of carry on. Let's. I've got a big, big jar of jam, so we'll be fine. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Anyway, it's, a, it's an entire subgenre of, like, mostly associated with the British idea of, uh, my mind Keep immediately goes to uh, Shaun of the Dead, where it's just mm. like, well, the world's ending because of zombies, but let's just hit the pub and have a good time. <laughs> and wait for we'll this all fine. blow over. Wait yeah. for it all blow over, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are kind of in that boat, where it's like, everything's really bad, but it's also kind of cozy. Woo! I mean, it's we'll bad, but honestly, lasts. we're not inconvenienced, so... <laughs> not yet. Yeah, Those mummies mask people didn't have to deal with Lord Titus. Uh, <laughs> however, we had left off as, uh, again, the uh, the dessert bell had been rung. They do have a dedicated dessert bell. Uh, of course. course they do. I, I okay, would be more surprised they had the if they trumpets, didn't. The trumpets for the main course and then the, the literal dessert bell. Yeah. Oh ding, 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 ding. Come on, they didn't um, have that They will your, ring the uh, gong cotillion? once dinner is over. <laughs> no, they didn't have that at the cotillion because there's there's something when it came over the pond that they did they stopped doing playing musical instruments. Mm, you had the yeah. dinner bell instead, just well, a generic bell that said good. now it is time to eat. You have to finish eating so that you can carry through to the smoking room. Oh my gosh! So um, I suppose to jump back into things again, all of you are sitting here at this table, exquisite mahogany table that runs the full length of the ballroom, uh, having been enjoying your feast thus far. When the serving staff, still dressed up as sheep, make their way out. Following the main course, desserts are served. First up, they're bringing out these large pastry stand, as it were. The silver, massive silver thing carried between three servants as they bring them out. Covering this are a variety of apple, cherry, and pear tarts. Hmm. Delightful. In addition, they also bring out relatively large, um, large enough to take up a good amount of table space. Gingerbread keep. It's fully <laughs> three feet tall. <laughs> Jeez. Full of gingerbread soldiers. What? Resplendent oh in the blue and green of Taldor for you to devour. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Is this soft gingerbread like a cake or is it the hard gingerbread like a cookie? There is a difference. It's firm enough. It's moist on the inside, but not completely on the outside. So it's not going to stick to your fingers like a... Mm -hmm. My main, this mine was done by those from the like Great British Bake Off. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Because, like, I like gingerbread when it's soft like a cake, but, like, gingerbread cookies, I just I can't. I don't know. I like gingerbread regardless. Uh, as you say, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it to me anyway. It's so good. Oh, what? Uh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a gingerbread in uniform. <laughs> 
again, there's this array of uh, of gingerbread soldiers that basically are, are fill out the inside of the keep of the gingerbread. Again, the keep comes off in layers. So you actually like take off each like floor of the keep and then there's just more gingerbread men inside That's of it. kind of awesome though. I mean, it's yep. really, it's really cool presentation. God, sure. that had to take forever to make. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, spare duh. no expense. Yep. <laughs> yes, except for the joke in that is that they did. <laughs> yep. In addition to this, however, there are also sweet biscuits with caraway seeds. A vast number, a number not to be described, of custards. <laughs> <laughs> a number not to be described. Uh, yeah, now huh? I'm just concerned that you said they're not custards to be described. Beyond number. <laughs> okay, but this isn't like custard surprise where who knows what you're going to get. It does, in mm. fact, have a flavor and color not to be described, also. Ah! I know. Oh, it's no. from outer space, guys. <laughs> Good lord. I, no, I don't want it then. I've seen what that does. Yeah. So yeah. Gwen's all about the gingerbread and the tarts. Yeah. Yep. We have a, a selection of delightful goodness to have. Mm. I feel a little bit like George R. R. Martin. If you ever read the Game of Thrones books, every single mill is described in exquisite detail. Oh yeah. Even that, if it doesn't debatable. matter, he's just like, I know that I only spent like one sentence describing this guy, but let me spend two paragraphs describing this mill. <laughs> but see, that's sometimes what's annoying. Like, that annoyed me in Tolkien, too, where I'm just mm. like, okay, mm. can we not spend four paragraphs on the Hobbit meal and actually, like, move the plot <laughs> along? What did they bring us to drink with all of this? It's probably some dessert wines and a, a couple different ciders, because they do mm. have a number of orchards and Ooh, all the rest of that yeah, around cider. here. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling a little flushed from all the wine at dinner. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're getting into part three of the Feast of the Victor, the last part of the Feast of the Victor. So I guess a quick round table, uh, who's talking to whom? I'm going to keep, well, no, oh, no, he's not friendly yet. I'm going to keep talking to Akira about okay. uh, Akira's friendly. I think he's just not helpful. Sorry, he's not helpful yet. I want him to be helpful. Yes. So, yes, Akira. going to keep chatting up Akira? All right. Yep, he's nice and fun and easy to talk to. She's working on husband number four. Jordan, what is uh, Cornelius up to? Yeah, I'm going to chat up uh, Bartleby. And, uh, I mean, I have good knowledge arcana, so mm -hmm. I can offer him to copy a spellbook for a plus one bonus. So, hey. Yeah. Uh, however, offering doesn't apply. It's not until you deliver on it that you get the plus one bonus. Oh, mm. well, we're not going to do that over the dinner table. That seems no, a little no, rude. No. So, no. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll just roll it straight with my plus 11 bonus. It's like, I'm kind of curious to get a chance to look inside of your spell book and see what spells you have to offer to trade. Because, mm. again, you're just like, it'll be Bartleby, Cornelius, and uh, all of our like, kids with Pokemon cards on the playground. <laughs> trade them back and forth. <laughs> my God. Pokemon cards. <laughs> Pull them out. What do you got? Do you have any of those there, holographic ones? Yeah, uh, I've got a Charizard. <laughs> so, oh, fun man. fact, I do still have all of my Pokemon cards from yeah. when I was a kid. Oh my God. So I thought Jordan I was going to a... say, fun fact, I do have Fireball and Foil. <laughs> <laughs> my oh, that would be a much better thing. No, I actually <laughs> legitimately have my, my first edition Pokemon cards. There you go. <laughs> all right, so you're going to be talking to uh, Count Lothied. All right, so what about Gwen? Gwen's also going to talk to Bartleby, but I'm going to try to suss out his biases, not try to influence him. All right. So you're going to work on his biases. And Felix, what are we doing? Uh, I think I'm going to try to suss out some more information about uh, Lady Voinum or Baroness Voinum. Okay. Focus on Voinum there. And then uh, what about Oliver? Oliver would like to go over and talk to Tribune Psychum, actually. Um, it's been a while since anyone's talked with her. So That's I'd like true. to give a chance. So, um, again, dessert is served. Dessert is when you've kind of reached the, uh, the end of the exceedingly proper, the very, very formal part. Um, and so people have had a little bit of wine by this point. They're carrying on conversations. People are kind of leaning in with one another. It's a little bit more of a relaxing. And again, you're getting to about eight o'clock in the evening now. So it's getting mm. a little bit later on. 
Even though, from what you understand, the uh, the Tanager Jubilee continues until midnight. Whether or not everyone is engaged well, until midnight, Well, I assume there's no going to be, like, fireworks. You can't have a Jubilee without some sort of big spectacle at the end. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe that's the entertainment. Maybe. <laughs> well, no, because you that's predictable. And you just mm, said sure. we're not going to predict this. I would be floored if any of you predicted what's going to happen. Archery contest. It's the most dangerous game. <gasps> <laughs> so, Verity, you make your way over, settle in, I suppose, to, uh, to keep chatting with... Uh, Baron O'Kara, kind of leaning forward, chatting with him, trying to talk either, are you still talking more horse stuff? You still wanted to yep, talk more about, about riding? Yeah, we're talking about horse stuff, yeah. riding stuff. Maybe less about the, because uh, again, you're well-traveled, he's well-traveled, so maybe even a little bit less about like individual horse-related things and more like some of the best riding trails you've been on. Yeah, some of the most trails, the best saddles. Oh yeah, yeah, some of the best Treatment saddles. Treatment for the saddles, yeah. what kind sure. of leather oil to use. Yeah. You simply must try it. I'll send you some. It's divine. Well, you know, what, what's the best shampoo? <laughs> and you give them a bath. Yeah, you trade yeah. oil, uh, saddle oil recipes and uh, for your leather. Yeah, so you sit back for a little bit. You chat up with uh, Baron Nicholas O'Kara. So it sounds like you're going to make me a ride check. So go ahead and bounce that for me. Heck yes. All right, that's going to be a 13 for a 22. A Not 22 bad. against the DC of 13. That is a success. In fact, that exceeds it by five. Uh, nice. you two successes as you have a very good conversation. Like, yeah. Again, you're finally finding like common ground yeah yeah it's again you spent so long like debating as, especially in the senate where you're just debating legalese and these no high concepts politics. and all the rest and then you're writing. like you know what this is just a guy that likes protecting his people and riding his flipping horse mm-hmm. that's great I that's like just it. the kind of guy he is he's like you know what i'm retired he likes the simple things i'm just trying to make sure that my daughter doesn't lose any more fingers and i can ride my horse <laughs> yeah <laughs> I understand. I mean, uh, that, is, that is a, uh, definitely a fear, that he, a legitimate fear he's got. Yeah, yeah it's true. She's already lost, uh, I think, two. Yeah, Hold two, on to yeah, your fingers, two. woman. What are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, you have a very pleasant conversation with O'Kara and have advanced him up two more steps. He's still just friendly, but uh, he's quite friendly now. All right. The there man's a brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> he's not like a crab who's overly friendly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Good. But in the meantime, I suppose... Uh, Again, Cordelius, you kind of, you lean over and begin, uh, especially once you start hearing this conversation uh, between the ladies, between Gwen and Felix chatting up uh, Bartleby and hear him talk something about like, you know, always looking for new spells and all the rest of that stuff and and encouraging uh, Gwen to explore the library. You're like, ah, I would like to explore the library too. Yes, I, I, I would like to explore. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you read? And he just like starts like, you know, how Rick always has a short story for everything. Like I, he's one of those like really intelligent people that always has like a book recommendation, you know? Mm. Yeah, I figure yeah. lots of nonfiction for, for Cornelius. Oh, yeah. No, Probably, it's definitely yeah. like, you know, yeah. practical applications of transfiguration or like, you know, the latest uh, essays on the best metals to enchant with or some yeah. be at, you know, there's. I just imagine Scholarly there's like a whole work. like scientifically, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a there's a whole like scientific journal that, you know, they all subscribe to or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I just bought a uh, complete collection of Edgar Allan Poe. Mm, there you go. Not that nice. I haven't read a lot of his stuff, but I haven't read Still, all of his stuff. It's yeah, good to have it. It's complete. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't think it has all of his poetry. It's most of his uh, fictional works, although I do yeah. think it has a couple of the you know, most famous. I mean, the Raven's the Raven, probably in there and what yeah. Annabelle, what's the one about? Annabelle Lee. Yeah. 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 So you uh, you lean over, start chatting. So I guess we're going to do a knowledge arcana for that. Yep. All right. So Here yeah, we go. go ahead and bounce it for me. I roll a four for a 15. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So <sighs> that DC is a 16. The DC is a 16. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was close. Uh. So, again, you're, you're probably starting to kind of, like, get into the conversation and all the rest of that, and then you're sort of hitting on these, like, 
maybe you kind of let slip your uh, desire for the quote unquote, you know, I can't remember exactly the phrase, the democratization of magic or whatever it is. Yeah. And he's and just then like, he's like, uh, no. <laughs> he's like, full stop. <laughs> he's very much in that category of like, there are only certain people that would be capable of doing magic. So encouraging people that would be incapable of doing magic would be a waste of your, it's kind of that thing of like, if you want to get to ninth level spells and you're arcane spellcaster and you start with an intelligence of less than 14, you literally can it never literally get won't there work. without yeah. having something boosting it. So it's just like, there is a baseline. You can't say that everyone can do magic because everyone can't do. And then you end up an entire conversation about that. Mm. Maybe even hits a little close to home for him considering part of the reason that Martella was uh, kicked out of the uh, the family was the, the idea that she's not a quote unquote true low feed because she's incapable of casting magic. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know what she is capable of, though? Shooting a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. And building clockworks, which I feel like Knowing is some kind everything. of magic to the people who yeah. literally understand magic. I love the idea. Like, Felix is in there. It's like, you know what she is capable of? And then she pulls out a syringe and just stabs him. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean... No. Enjoy your sticks oil. <laughs> I know I just saved you from that last poison, but... <laughs> Surprise. Hey, you use your antitoxin on me, so there you go. Ah, now we know he doesn't have one. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Bartleby, you're just a little awkward. I know. Well, that one, that's me. Uh, yeah. Two, oh, seriously, I had a 20% chance of failure, and I was Lady like, Lady Crab oh. is across from you going, Cornelius, Cornelius, Cornelius. <laughs> She's footsieing <laughs> you under the table. <laughs> from yeah. eight feet away, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> She's doing footsie with me. <laughs> She's got her sure. truco mallet under there. She's <laughs> <laughs> banging my knee with the mallet. <laughs> Ow! Jeez, what? <laughs> I don't know what this is doing for you, but it's doing nothing for me. <laughs> All right, so I suppose oh then uh, we cut over to Gwen. Gwen is also talking to Bartleby, but I'm not trying to influence. I'm just trying to, like I said, figure out his Suss biases. Suss him out. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, you're going for biases then. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want to determine what his biases, 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 biases. <laughs> it is funny though. Wow. I read a short story about a werebee. Oh. <laughs> it's not even what? a joke. I read that relatively. <laughs> what, I think it was like two or three months ago. <laughs> what on earth? Oh my God. It wasn't really what? a werebee. It was just a guy that was obsessed with bees and then he became more and more bee-like and then he died and then a bee climbed out of his mouth. It was like his reincarnation of his bee self and flew away. Hmm. That's almost weirder than the werebee. I was just yeah, that's actually way weird. weirder than the werebee. We'll see who makes the most honey. Um, so, going to be a sense motive for this. Uh, I roll an eight for a 24. 24. So, good. you get a pretty good read on Bartleby, chatting with him for a little bit. Bartleby is, you think that there's a certain element of his... Maybe I'll just use the term development. That there's a certain le level of the way that he was raised that Bartleby doesn't have time. You're kind of hitting on this with the conversation that he was having with Cornelius. Bartleby doesn't feel that he has time to waste for people that are not intelligent, people that are not capable, people that are not desiring of knowledge. But he also seems to be of that kind of... The common person doesn't need to know the history of Taldor to, to tend a field. The common person doesn't need to know all of this stuff to do their jobs. If your job is a blacksmith, then you don't need to know about the planes. This guy is very much not for public education is what it sounds like. Basically, he's entirely with the idea that people should know their lanes and stick to it. His biases, however, are very much the fact that he seems to have a rather low opinion of most people until they prove themselves to be of an educated sort. Mm. Mechanically speaking, what this means is he has no time for people with either an intelligence score of less than 12 
Or that don't have at least ranks in three different knowledge skills. Wow. I have an intelligence of 14 and a rank in pretty much every freaking knowledge skill except for Arcana and Plane. So I have one in every skill and an 18 intelligence, so I'm right um, up his alley. Actually, thank you for pointing this out because this is a reminder for me that I've made a note and then I forgot this note. I will go ahead and also give Jordan one success towards influencing Bartleby. Hey! Because he also... Admires fellow practitioners of the arcane arts, granting a plus two bonus on oh, checks. Oh, there we go. So, there we success, go. baby. All right, there you go. All so right, maybe cool. it's a good thing that the bard and the arcanist are the arcanist are talking to him. <laughs> good, okay, keep going. Sweet. Yeah, let's keep this momentum up. So yeah, in fact, uh, you did actually gain a success to influence Bartleby. But yeah, he doesn't have time for stupid people or people that aren't educated. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I'm not sure. Does anyone here have an intelligence of uh, less than 12? No. I've got a 16. We're all pretty smart. Mine's okay. a 14. We're, we're all very smart and very charismatic. Generally, PCs with point buy will usually put a 12 in something like intelligence just because it only takes two points from your point buy and it gives you an extra skill point every level. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I rock a 10 12. most of the time. Verity just oh. happens to be one of the only characters that's not Verity's a 10. slightly sharper than the rest. Yes. That's uh, that's kind of the, the bead that the two of you have gotten on Bartleby as you're working on, uh, on influencing him over there. He's kind of coming around. He's just like, you know what? I'm, I like this Cornelius guy. I don't really like what he's saying, but I like the fact that he's an arcane spellcaster. <laughs> I like that he at least can be debated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's one yeah. of those things. It's like, you know, I may not like his position, but I like how he argues. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Felix, <laughs> I believe you're attempting a discovery. Yes. On uh, Lady Voynum. So uh, I suppose you start up a conversation. Are you attempting to determine her biases, strengths or influence checks? I would like to know her influence checks. All right. So to ascertain what you could influence her with. Yeah, your only option here is sense motive. Mm. Okay, but I have that. And Sometimes they give me other options, but with her, no. Ooh. Okay, that is a 14 for a 25. Ooh, nice one. With a 25, you think you start to get a pretty good read on Lady Voynum. Good. As you talk to the Baroness, you find very quickly, first off, she is a woman uh, with a strong military past. That being said, that seems to be more out of an interest in the tradition and not really a glorification of the military. Mm. Okay. Um, so profession soldier actually wouldn't help you. So, uh, you know, good that Ross went a different direction, even though yeah. his role was relatively poor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what she's truly interested in the history of both the county as well as the nation as a whole, mm. meaning both knowledge local and knowledge history. And also she is, again, a wine aficionado. Mm. Oh. And as such, profession brewer. Um, is another skill you can use because she's not only interested in the flavoring of the wine, but the actual creation. She's in like involved in her county's development, cultivation of the grape, hmm. the entire process for it. Wow. In addition to that, one of the things that she shares in common with Baron O'Kara are their deep love of horses. Um, uh, she okay. loves to ride. She loves okay. to go on long rides across her county, sometimes for days at an inn, even like camping out oh, in wow. the wilderness and all the rest of that. Um, as she's also a skilled enough warrior that she's not really even afraid of traveling on her own. I totally nudge Verity. <laughs> yeah, enjoys these long rides. I love talking about horses. That being said, she can appreciate someone who is diplomatic. Mm. Okay. Or honestly, someone who has an extraordinarily powerful personal presence. Uh, mechanically speaking, a person who can intimidate. Uh, uh, not intimidating <laughs> her, but she enjoys no. someone <laughs> who can banter back and forth with her in that that forthright manner she does. That being okay. said, she expects a lot of people at that level. 
Uh, mechanically, you can influence her with knowledge local or history, profession brewer or ride at a DC of 18, or diplomacy or intimidate at a DC of 27. Ooh. Ooh. Jeez. So Damn. that one's a little harder. Yeah, yeah intimidation, a little very bit. difficult. But she will chat about horses. Yeah. All these horse-loving Taldanes. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense. But yeah, you have a very good conversation with her, and you feel like you're starting to get a pretty good beat on who she is. Probably chatting up a little bit about like wine and all. I don't think you do profession brewer. I did not because I am a yeah. banker. You're more I of mean, a, I know you're about more the connoisseur it, but... and less of the like barren, you know, voinims out there like taking her shoes off and pressing grapes and all the rest of that I stuff. I mean, I did that so on my involved. lands, but yeah. I didn't really like know what I was doing. I was kind of just doing whatever like <laughs> I was told to do. <laughs> yeah. I like to be involved, but uh, you know, I don't know the whole like chemical reaction and all the rest of that yeah. proper aging of the wines. Yeah, you know, she's to, down how there. How to grow the grapes the best. So in the meantime, I believe uh, last we pan over to uh, Oliver, mm -hmm. um, who I believe was planning on chatting up the Tribune. Indeed, Tribune Psychum. Honestly, considering how far um, Tribune Psychum is down the table, I imagine for Oliver, it's, it's one of those like he gets up because occasionally people will go. Mostly it's the servants, but you guys have been sitting for like over two hours now. So True. people are occasionally getting up to walk over off towards the side to dip your gingerbread soldiers in the chocolate fondue fountain. <laughs> just thinking of Captain America. Do you fondue? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's just melted cheese. <laughs> but I suppose uh, as you approach over towards her, the woman gives you an inclination of her head. A respectful nod, basically. Yeah. Do much the same. I, I believe Felix already talked with her earlier, so... I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would like to go on and, and uh, speak with her about uh, Stackies, actually. Um, oh, I do have a good knowledge local, and I'd like to learn more about where we're going to be for the next several months at least. Okay. Um, so you're attempting an influence check using your knowledge local? Indeed. Technically speaking, I don't think I've really brought this up very much. Technically speaking, if any of you ever want to, you can actually forego your um, influence check to attempt to gather information. Uh, it is oh. an option if you want to like gather rumors or stuff like that instead. Um, gotcha. It doesn't really help you towards your goal, but yeah. if you're sitting there going like, yeah, I don't really have much to contribute here. Okay. That is always an option. This is a good opportunity when you're in a soiree like this to mm. gather local rumors. Fair enough. But I suppose, um, yeah, you make your way over. She introduces herself. When you explain, she's just like, okay, yeah, you know, I spoke briefly with Lady Zespire. She told mm. me uh, she was going to have some roommates. So I guess here you are. Yeah. I'm one of the appointees. <laughs> so here the I appointees. am. Yeah. Yes, we're roommates. That's totally... <laughs> they were roommates. They were roommates. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead and I guess make me that uh, knowledge local check to see uh, if you can start to sway her. She is unfriendly, so sway her over to your collective side. <laughs> that is a three for oh, a 13. No. Oh, no. Which oh. I believe is the DC. <laughs> okay. Goodness. Well, because you're uh. not trying to talk to her about like, you're not trying to be diplomatic or put on airs and all the rest of it. You're showing interest in her actual home. Yeah, uh, which is something that she seems to have been desperately wanting nobles to do for a very long time. Um, again, I believe she used the phrase with uh, Felix of she's just here so that they don't forget her city exists. Mm. Yeah, which bothers the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, it's good like, like other people live here. It's not just like this isn't just a playground for nobles, but that's what it's being treated as. Yeah. Mm. So that is one success. In fact, that's actually the second success that y'all have gotten to work on. Nice. Honorary Tribune Psychum. Because I believe I also impressed her earlier when I told Titus to pound sand. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True, true. Pound sand, bud. She's like, I kind of like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're, you're all right. For a noble. For a noble. For a wee child. 
I think she's 50. I'm not sure. Okay. But she's a half oh, elf, really? so she still looks like she's in her 30s. Mm, yeah, I was enough. about to say, I don't remember her looking that old. No, no, she looks very young because elf. Because mm-hmm. elf. That elf blood. It's such a human centric game. It's almost a little weird when, like, oh, there's someone with elf blood. It's like, there's two wow, half elves at this party. Yeah. yeah, there's this other half elf over oh here, my. too. It's true. I suppose you have a uh, pleasant conversation with her, settle back down at your table and such. Yeah. The gong rings. Oh, Lord, here it comes. Announcing the end of dessert. No! <laughs> Oliver's sitting there like, I spent so much time talking to her that I just immediately uh, grabs like six shoveling all of it into no, his no. Gwen, <laughs> Gwen grabs one last gingerbread soldier before the servants can take all the yummies away. Yeah, <laughs> one to go. I bet Lady Sycam has actually like stashed some away somewhere. Like <laughs> that yes. feels... Oh, totally, yeah. Like, yeah. That's what I And would nobody do. judges her for that. They're amazing. They're tasty They're not even food. paying attention to her. After the feast, the servants come in. They clear away not just the desserts, but as everyone kind of gets up, begins to shuffle around, they come in, they clear away the chairs. Um, They even, like, collect and clear away the tables itself. Eventually, as all of this is cleared away, Bartleby steps forward um, towards the center of the room, taps his his signet ring on his raised uh, wine glass to gain everyone's (laughs) attention. My fellow nobles and friends, again, I cannot express how pleased I am to have you all here. And I trust that you have had a wonderful evening. Thanks in large part to the amazing tourney put on, the contest between champions that our local nobles and visiting dignitaries have managed for us. Mm. Oh God. However, Taldor has a long tradition of many, many ways to entertain. While the lion is a modern oh <laughs> invention to allow us to showcase our own abilities. It is a common practice for the nobles of Taldor's golden age to enjoy watching the spectacle of others. I'm nervous. If everyone will please step to the outside of the room. I'm nervous. I swear to God, if they bring a lion in here. If they bring out people and they're fighting to the death, this is going to be weird. You watch. There's a triumphant fanfare of trumpets. The wide doors to the outside, open, and in ride, six halflings, dressed in traditional Taldane armor, gleaming breastplate, large helmets with massive plumed crests atop them. These chariots, these miniature chariots that they ride upon, pulled by riding dogs. I mean, As the servants rush out to lay a race course of carpet, (laughs) as if you're watching What in the- A Colosseum of old. Oh my God. Why? Gwen's eye Did anyone call this? No. No. Halfling dog (laughs) something this offensive. It is the great halfling dog charioteers. Yes. Okay. Okay. I hate all of this. I look at the others in this room. Do the other nobles seem like this is normal? Everyone seems surprised by this. I nudge uh, Felix, and I'm like, you shouldn't have saved him. (laughs) The servants rush out, laying out a race course um, as the drivers come out, waving to the crowds, doing the little trot around, like the horses at a racetrack before a race is run, just kind of going around. The dogs happily pant, uh, their tongues hanging out as they look around excitedly. In the meantime, the servants come around and begin to uh, hand out bags to all of you. Oh, God. So here's how this is going to work. As it is explained to all of you, as Bartleby stands here and explains this. I don't 
don't think I'm gonna like. And this then I'm gonna get much. a couple rolls from everyone afterwards. Uh huh. Actually, you know what? Let me go ahead and get a sense motive from the party to start with. Uh, I would like that. Yes, very much so. So as they trot about the room, it's actually only Gwen that notes. Like everyone else is sitting there looking around, like this is a little over the top. Most of the nobles here, um, you know, even Crab to a degree, you know, these out of touch nobles are like, oh, how how quaint, what fun. How unique. <laughs> How very mm. unique. Like, this is this is so curious. Gwen, you notice two things. Oh, no. Firstly, these actors, the, the halfling charioteers, don't appear to be trained. As in, like, they're giving waves and all the rest of that stuff, but you get the feeling that they were literally only hired for this, not because of their skill at writing mm. um, or driving a chariot or anything like that. Probably literally just because... It would have been too much of a hassle to try to do this outside, and so they had to get halflings pulled by a chariot so that they could do it inside of the vault. Because they're small. Because they're small. My God. Mm-hmm. This is so wrong. So that's the first thing that you note. Uh, Many of them have that kind of, that almost forced awkward smile that immediately makes you think of Purple Fitch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Where it's like they didn't know what they were getting into when they signed on to be entertainment here. I don't (laughs) like it. Why do I also feel like that's going to cause lots of accidents? Yes. The second thing that you note, maybe even somewhat curious, and then I imagine Gwen, being a very intelligent woman, can piece together what's happening here, is Sir Gersern. The look on his face seems to be some combination between that placid look, but there's that hard line in his jaw. Oh, he mad. Oh, he doesn't like this anger either. or disapproval that he refuses to let show that immediately makes you think, connecting the dots, that they didn't hire these people for entertainers. These are Crap. probably staff. Crap. Obviously, he does not seem me. to be pleased by the half household staff being forced to entertain for the nobles' enjoyment here, mm. uh, especially when they're probably cooks or cleaners or stable hands or gardeners or or, or any other job. Again, having just gone, you're small sized, hop in a chariot. Oh my God. This is terrible and I hate it. Yeah, maybe I make friends with him during the next section. He's great. Yeah, I like him (laughs) a lot actually. Yeah, I'm starting to understand him a little bit more. Yeah. So here's how this is going to work. Oh God. The halflings are going to race around the ballroom three times. Oh my God. Dodging a series of obstacles along the way as they're putting out like collapsed columns. Oh my God. And these like ridiculous uh, busts of like sphinxes and all the rest of these things for them to make their way to navigate around. Gosh. You'd be informed that of course they each have plumes. Um, Each of the plumes are a different color. A young halfling woman uh, has a bright plume of purple marking her as your charioteer. Hmm. Oh, okay. God. Uh, to quote unquote spice things up. This is medieval times, but the, the unhappy version of medieval Each times. Each guest mm-hmm. is given three silken satchels filled with brightly colored powder to hurl at the racers You've in an attempt be kidding to me. distract no. them. No. While they're making their race around. What Are you, the what? heck? This is terrible. Mechanically speaking, it is a ranged attack to hit the driver. Or if you wish, a ranged attack at a higher DC to hit them in the face, potentially blinding them temporarily. Oh my god, what? Can I hurl it at a noble who's hurling a bag? <laughs> I was going to say, I want to make it look like a mistake. Like, oh, yeah. mm. oh, I'm so There's sorry. There's some bluff there. Yes, that's, I think that might be what I want to do. And then whomever's charioteer comes in first, that person, that noble group is basically the winners, um, <gasps> as is the charioteer. What? What is their no reward? No wonder he was shot at. 
Who knows? Right? You should have saved him. I was going to say, I think, I think the, the Night's one had the right Gwyn idea. The was like, hey, maybe, you know, he has changed. And as now she's like, no. The sheep were a little weird, but, you know, there's no. at least they're anonymous. <laughs> this is real weird. Yeah. As, as, as we all see in Gwen's eyes, her crush on Bartleby nosedive. Gwen <laughs> disapproves. Just watch it fizzle out. <laughs> Gwen will remember this. Yeah. Gwen will remember this. <laughs> Gwen has a really soft spot for halflings. Mm-hmm. I mean, her best friend is a halfling and a former slave from Chiliax. This is. This is just this is demeaning. Awful. Yes. Uh, so, again, each of you are assigned your uh, charioteer at this point, oh boy. Um, wearing purple. But most of the other nobles think this is fun, from what I could tell with my sense motive. God. I suppose we should go ahead and uh, and just kind of get things started, shall we? Mm. So again, they all line up, get ready to go. Bartleby holds up a hand, much as he did during the joust. Jesus. Raises up a hand before dropping it down as the uh, the halflings begin to run the length. And by run, I mean ride the length. The dogs begin to run the length of this. uh, It's about an 80 foot long ballroom. Um, so they're just doing these like tight little circuits, like a very, very unpleasant version of Yakuza's pocket car racing. I was just, I was just yeah. thinking the pocket racing. I was yes. about to say this. If this was actual pocket circuit racing, this would be fun. But yeah, this yes. would be great. It'd just be we're going to race our little cars. Yeah, um, that'd be great. I'd love that. But racing people is less fun when they don't know that that's what they were hired for. Yeah, if they wanted yeah. to be doing this, it'd be different. Yes. If you'd hired professional entertainers that this was their job, yes, it would be yeah. substantially different. If it's like this was part of like a circus or something that traveled and they did this, you know, yeah. for kids and but mm. this is this is icky. This, this is, is real very icky. Ick. Yeah, they uh they go taking off uh, running as all of you sit here and go, What have I gotten into? Yeah. All just so that we can recreate being Romans at a gladiatorial event or something like that. You know what I'm getting out of this is Bartleby likes thinking he's an emperor, right? Like, mm. oh, I can raise my well, hand and lower it ways. and people charge to at each other. I can raise it and lower it and a race starts. Look at me. <laughs> Look at my power. Yeah, I can wiggle my I fingers and people die. Also that. But real quick, I suppose as we begin, the charioteers take off running, beginning to uh, to duck and weave as they make their way forward, as there are shouts and cheers from uh, a fair number of the nobles. Again, there's like 40-something people in here. Can we, like, see who's not cheering? Yeah, I mean, you can immediately tell one, Sergur Sarn. Mm. Gwen thinks that if she were within five feet of him, that she could probably hear the sound of his grinding teeth. <laughs> <laughs> like, that jaw is clenched so hard. Baron O'Kara, having to, of course, still be standing as the victor um, up uh-huh. next to uh, Bartleby, seems to have that placid, again, I think we cast him as Idris Elba, and he does have yeah. that Idris Elba just stare, this stoic expression on his face. You notice that his daughter is kind of cheering because it's like, oh, it's a fun game. No, yeah. woman. She's 14. Yeah. She's yeah. allowed she to think. Being 14. Yeah. She's allowed to think this is fun. Baroness <laughs> Voinum, obviously not amused. Um, mm-hmm. Lady Peril, also seemingly not amused. Tribune Psychum, definitely not amused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A majority of the other people are just like, I mean, it's a noble game. And oh, he, he brought in entertainers, whether or not they realize that they're not actually professionals um, as they go charging about the room. Because, again, no one had any problems with, you know, halfling jester whenever you guys were at the place because she wanted to be a halfling jester. Well, yeah. well, actually, she wanted to be an assassin that also dressed up as a halfling jester. Wow. Uh, yeah. Mm. I mean, she just wanted to be Harley Quinn. It's fine. But yeah. as the racers start, uh, people begin to take their satchels, throw them out as the uh, the racers pass, as they explode in a variety of different colors. Um, your satchels are purple. I will allow everyone that wishes to make me a perception roll as well. 
Yes. Okay, good. I would like to do so. Oh, right. I'm not very good at that. Oh, well, I'll try. Two. I'm assuming Gwen tells us the situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can have like a, a little whispered conversation. Yeah. It's a little yeah. difficult to not say it loud enough that your disgust isn't overheard by other people, considering mm-hmm. how much noise there is in the room and how yeah. well the acoustics in here are. Mm. But as the race begins, they take off running. It's Gwen and Felix that notice three people's reactions to this. The first off is Tribune Psychum, who watches this go on, shakes her head, haphazardly just tosses the entire satchel that she has into one corner of the room, obviously choosing not to participate, uh, mm-hmm. despite the couple looks of from the people around her of like, this person spitting on the, the Baron's generosity. She seems to have given up trying, uh, which she has been doing up until this point, and just turns to retrieve another glass of wine. Mm-hmm. You yeah, can I also both her. see that Baron O'Kara and Baroness Voynum, both of them, having been been invited by the count of the county that they are barons for, mm-hmm. are participating. However, you can both tell that they are purposefully, especially as far as uh, Gwen is concerned, having faced him and seen yeah. him on the tilt, Baron O'Kara would not be missing if he weren't purposefully choosing to miss. I, yeah, because yeah, I assume that they the, the track runs close to us at least w- at oh, yeah. one point, right? Yeah. So like we can peg them if we want to. And which is what everyone is doing. Uh, but you can tell that in the case of both the Baron and Baroness, they are both throwing, but their aims appear to be horribly off as it just kind of splatters in the center of the room. Because this is not only like demeaning for them, then you're making a huge mess that the serving staff have to go clean up after yeah. all of this from all yeah. of the like whatever Maybe powder the very or same paint people. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably the same people. So they're going to get pelted <sighs> in the face and then have to go clean this up. Yeah. It- uh, in addition to that. Both of you notice one last thing of interest as well, uh, which is the fact that there is a brief conversation with Titus Luthi Kassava, as well as uh, Dame Kurad Hellebor and Cyrus Cocklebur Esquire, where for a moment you see Titus kind of point over in the direction of Count Oliver Darhan. Oh boy. Oh my. Since he did elect to uh, <laughs> respond back in their banter earlier. The oh, gossip mill is going. Please tell me Gwen and I meet eyes. Mm-hmm. And then pointing towards the purple-plumed racer. Mm. <sighs> wow, that's petty. Yeah, so they're going to go after our racer just because Titus is a... I want to just... fling it directly at Titus, yeah. you know? Like, that's yeah. where I'm at. That's kind of what I want to do. And then be like, oops, I didn't know my own strength, right? Felix kind of looks right, at Gwen. So, uh, <laughs> Gwen nods <laughs> and solidarity. <laughs> you know? So here's how this is going to end up rolling. For Ease, I'm going to go ahead and start combat up there. So if you guys will all roll for initiative for me. Very well. <laughs> I'm not ready. Oh, no. <laughs> You're also not ready. God dang it. <sighs> <laughs> so here's how this is. I'm going to mechanically run this. It's going to be a little odd. So get ready for it. So, uh, quick round table. What did everyone get for their initiatives? Uh, starting Verity with Jessica. Gets a four for a nine. Okay. Cornelius has got a 14 for a 16. And Heather? Uh, Gwen has a nine for a 10. Rachel? One for three. Three. Okay. You're just and mad. And Ross? Uh, Oliver gets a 17 for a 19. So, taking a playbook out of a couple of other tabletop RPGs, <laughs> we will be playing this in, uh, and again, I don't think this is going to matter quite as much for this party. Um, we're going to be playing this in reverse initiative. Oh, oh we're a world oh. of darknessing it. So basically, those of you with the lowest initiative go first. Oh. <laughs> when you reach an initiative of 10, um, which means that uh, Gwen, 
technically, you know, reached that, so um, it'll be just before Gwen's initiative tart goes. I will determine where all the halfling racers are. Mm. Uh, and so the rest of you could determine whether or not you want to target other racers to attempt to slow them down if you want your own racer to win. Mm. So unfortunately, those of you with the lowest initiatives technically react the slowest to what's going on. Uh. But you actually throw first because you don't know what order people are going. Mm. All right. So they all take off racing. So uh, Countess uh, Felix Zespire. Yeah, first initiative. Yeah. Um. You can, of course, also choose to throw these at other nobles. That is not part of the game. That is a huge social faux pas. Ergo, if you choose to do that, you'll one have to make an attack roll. Regardless of whether or not you hit or miss, you will need to make a bluff check to make it seem like an accident. Just so you are aware. good enough for that. That bluff's pretty good. I'm going to leave that to Verity. The important thing is, is uh, whether or not it isn't the bluff to determine whether or not that other person thinks it's an accident. The bluff is determined whether or not Lothied thinks it's an accident or if you're purposefully trying to sabotage his entertainment. Hmm. Mm. I can use my seeing as my bluff. Mm. Yeah, I I don't have that. So I I am going to uh, throw my shot. Like, I'm going to pull a Voinum and a Nokara. You just got to toss, throw away your shot? Yeah. All right, so Felix I, tosses, I throws away I your shot. I can't, parti- yeah, I can't mm. participate in this. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not Hamilton. I'm throwing away my shot. <laughs> Bring us to Baroness Corsina. <sighs> yeah, mm. I figure we, we let you know what we saw. <laughs> it's just... Difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's whether or not you think you can convince Bartleby that it was uh, a unintentional. Mistake. Yeah. I mean, I have a seven bluff. That's I've come up good. with a fun idea on the spot. Uh-oh. So I will allow this. So behind the scenes, it is an AC for each one of the drivers has an AC 14 to hit them. Mm-hmm. It's an AC 18 to hit them in the face um, if you're shooting for their face. My God. I will allow against an AC of 20 to try to throw your satchel to hit another satchel <gasps> as it's flying. Yes. Oh. Yes, that's great. Uh-huh. We're going to get more than one yeah. round, right? You get three rounds. They're doing three circuits. Okay, cool. Then the first round, I'm just going to hit a satchel. Okay. So Baroness Verity is basically readying an action for Titus yes. to uh, to start throwing. We won't ruin okay. We won't ruin everybody's fun, but we're ruining their fun. You do no know one that, said I couldn't uh, hit the satchel. Lord Kasava, Dame Hellebore, and uh, uh, Kokobur Exquire are all seemingly aiming towards your own driver. Mm-hmm. So on, Verity gets ready to we throw. We believe in you. Uh, that would get us to Gwen, but real quick, I need to roll for the other racers to see their positions real quick. I'm assuming it's just a straight up dex plus attack bonus. Um, if you're choosing to do this, uh, first off, they count as simple weapons, but they are improvised weapons, meaning that you mm. do take the improvised weapon penalty. Mm. But they are also weighted to throw. Um, and as such, they do have a range increment of 10 feet and can be thrown up to 50 feet. All right. So currently red and orange are tied for first place, followed by indigo, violet, and black, which are in second place. So uh, Gwen Wavar Kastner. I'm going to throw at Titus, at least this first round, because I can use my sing <laughs> as a bluff check. What is, what is your sing bonus? Just to remind everybody. My sing is plus 14. This feels a lot more like a Gwen move than a Barry <laughs> move. And I'm pleased. This is great. So so you're throwing against his touch AC to just touch him. I roll a 16 for an 8. That's a pretty okay roll. So hit him directly, no. You do hit the wall like over him. So it does like sprinkle down across his uh, his shoulder. (laughs) Then she I got a 1 for a 15 on my blood. Oh no. We need a hero point. That's the only time I'm going to do it. Oh. 
So, My gosh. Well, we're in trouble now. Titus throws out some line about how, like, no wonder you couldn't hit someone in the joust or something from across the room, oh, like God. an a But, yeah, that's the only time I'm going mean, to do it. well deserved. Gwen's yeah. going to definitely act like, oops. Titus doesn't care anymore because he's already, basically, he's already reduced Bartleby to unfriendly and he can't get him any lore because he won't drop to hostile against family. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a jerk. Wow. That being said, that does cost you a uh, an influence check with Bartleby. Okay, I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> Just the one time. <laughs> influence check. It was worth it to lightly sprinkle him to glitter bomb it. the guy across <laughs> the room. So that brings us to Cornelius. All right, uh, Cornelius is going to have a weak wizard moment, and he's going to throw it like the guy who never learned how to throw a ball from his dad, you know, like, <laughs> just like, eh, and it's just like, uh, and just totally miss, because I, I do not like this. Uh, he, uh, Cornelius looks very uncomfortable with this entire thing. Uh, whatever, I'm just going to throw it in the ground. Your, your little throw, it's, it's in fact, it's so poor that the satchel doesn't even break open. It just kind of falls to the floor. It just lays there. <laughs> Cornelius just kind of looks at it and goes, Excellent. Good. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Good job, Wonderful. Good job Satchel. Good job. Well made, Satchel. Count Oliver Darahan. Yeah, I would like to uh, try to deflect the throw off of specifically our driver, I guess. Honestly, I'm just looking to deflect the throw off of just about anybody. Yeah, anybody yeah. who looks like they're actually going to hit. sucks. Uh -huh. Yeah. I suppose the big difference is, well, you have to be watching someone to get ready mm. to try to deflect it. The big mm. difference is, is that everyone else is just having fun throwing their satchels with the intent of not hitting their driver. That's their mm. only intent. With the exception of Titus, okay. Hellbore, and Cocklebur, which are all specifically targeting your driver. Very well. Then I will try to deflect one of those. All right, so go ahead and make your rolls because they're going to attempt their own rolls as all right, uh, let's do it. here. Okay, we uh, can do this, Oliver. Question... If I yes. wait until the proper moment, would I would they be in point blank shot range? Yeah, I mean the room's about forty feet across, so no matter where they throw, it'll be within thirty feet of you. Um, and All I'm right. not going to apply a range increment to throwing to try to intercept these. All right, so minus four, but plus one. <gasps> I got a nineteen for a twenty-three. That's Dang. a success. Nice. Hey, you, uh, there we go. Titus throws and you Brava. whip yours out there, knocking his out him. of the air. That's all right. That is a seven, or that is, yeah, seven for a nine. So unfortunately, that's not going to do it. Uh, so unfortunately, Oliver, you miss Verity. Yours impacts with Titus where there's an explosion of uh, black and purple um, as his powder impacts with yours. Uh, one of the, them, however, does get through, does not hit your driver in the face, but does hit her um, in the chest, mm. uh, causing this explosion of uh, almost more than like blinding her. It's the explosions of powder and sparkles are startling these dogs so much that oh, they're like, jeez, no. all the drivers are like struggling to maintain. You don't think that this was a well thought out plan? No, no. of course it wasn't. No. Too bad he's not trying to win our influence because keep, he would have been Keep in mind, every down. single person here has three bags each. One for uh, presumably one every for each round. round. Uh, which actually does bring us to the next 40 round. 40-something people in here. Mm -hmm. There's powder everywhere. There's 120 bags of whatever. And the fact that these are nobles <laughs> who don't know what they're doing, I'm surprised you have to make a bluff check to, not, to act like you're not aiming at someone. Because let's face it, people are missing other people across from them. People are missing other people all the time, which is why anyone throwing purposefully missing, it's just you're purposely missing. You only have to make the bluff check when it's Gwen hurled so hard, <laughs> specifically in the direction of Lord Titus. Would Bartleby really care that we yeah. were aiming for Titus? Well, it's she doesn't care about Titus. It's because mm. you're disrupting the entertainment he's prepared. Mm. 
as opposed to okay. anything else. So he, Would he we did, get he a success a with influencing him if Titus were no longer in the picture? That's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> just hey, just how much does he dislike just Titus? Just immediately uh, so take two. him from indifferent to like the step beyond helpful if we get rid of Titus. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, oh, thank God. Somebody finally shut him up. Oh, man. If only. Oh, my gosh. What was it in Order of the Stick? It's like, I made a diplomacy check so high I took him past helpful and straight to sycophantic middle management. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a great plan. And might I say that that suit looks dashing on you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, all right. No. So, Felix. You know what? I, I'm not bad at throwing. I'm also going to ready to try and knock somebody else's satchel out. All right. So, playing some defense. Yeah. And Verity? Part two of plan to keep Titus from hitting anything with anything. Very well. <laughs> Still playing defense. All right, Gwen. Actually, before Gwen goes, uh, let me roll for the drivers real quick. Yeah, so the race continues. Uh, Yell's driver is actually because it was your driver, she was only struck once. Uh, she is currently in second place. Oh, good for her. Yeah. All right, good for her. Good job. No, we're all just like, it's not about winning. It might not matter as far as all of you are concerned that you're winning. Um, winning might matter to them. You don't know what their reward is. <laughs> I guess yeah. so. Their reward is not having to clean up this mess, probably. So. At the very least. I hope it's something better than that. Their reward is a pizza party. Oh, oh no. Oh, it would be too, but ugh. <laughs> All right, so. Bothers uh, me. Gwen, what are you up to? I mean, I have to roll a perfect 20 to deflect one of these bags because I only have a three base attack and a one dexterity. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to try it because. There's a twenty on every die, and it's better than just sure. whiffing my whiffing my roll. But I mean, you know. All right, Cornelius. I mean, I also need to roll a perfect twenty. But what else am I doing with my yeah. with my turn? So okay. yeah, Oliver. Yeah, let's go all in on defense. All right, all defense. in on defense. <laughs> the two greatest words in the English language: defense. We are the wall. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are the wall. That's right. Oliver's like, all of you are temporarily Darahans. The wall. <laughs> Let's build this the wall. wall. Uh, Oliver's sitting there, it's like, no one said I couldn't magically enchant the satchel, and then like channels his energy. <laughs> uh, can I? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing in the rules against it. <laughs> it wasn't established. It just I feels mean... like bad form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just go ahead and resolve all the throw. Everyone go ahead and throw. Very well. Uh, only a 13 for a 17 that time. Gwen rolls a three. Cornelius oh. gets a natural one. Nope, that's a five for a six. I yep. rolled an 11 for a 13, so ah, unfortunately. Well. Maybe they won't it, it must look weird because it kind of looks like we're all trying to throw at our own guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, they're kind of clumped up, so uh, there's a lot of just confusion going on here. Again, this was not a well-thought-out form of entertainment. Uh, no, however, you all do Very throw. Um, all of your satchels miss. Elbor and Cockerbur both miss. However, uh, Lord Titus does strike your driver again. Oh, I hate him. Jerk. Uh, bringing us around to the uh, the final round, the last round, as they begin circling around, taking us back up to uh, Felix. Still defense? Yeah, I'm going to go for it one more time. Is that going to be across the board? Yeah, Everyone's going to go defense? Yeah, yeah, defense. yeah I think so. We right. know what we're doing here. We're, we're all you not know, really playing this game, right? I presented you the option of something that didn't require you to be a-holes to a bunch of halflings just trying to live their lives. Exactly. Yeah. We, we choose yeah. to take the options where we're not mean to the the... the People who Servants? just don't want to Heck, be here. On some level, at least, we're trying to help them. Even uh, yeah, if yeah, yeah. we're trying to help our guy, at least. Though Verity yeah. did pretty good. Once. I sense, as I discussed with all of you uh, before, I don't even know if it made it into the episode that I'm tracking y'all's compassion, efficiency, and practicality. I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing a lot less efficiency and practicality and a lot more compassion. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, That's our way. You know because I can, I am going to enchant this beanbag. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I channel my power into this bag. Um, yeah. All right. So go ahead and make your throws. 17 for a 21. Mm, Verity. So good. I have rolled a five. Gwen rolled oh, an 11. Okay. She tried. Felix got a 15 for a 16. Ah, that was better, but probably not good enough. A 13 for a 16. Uh, still, Verity manages to uh, deflect one. Uh, deflect the only one that would have struck your opponent. Hey. Uh, hey. Follow up throw as there's another explosion. Good he job, locked, Verity. We two out of three of his throws, so take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and have Verity make me a bluff check. Oh, well, I want him to know I did that on purpose to him. <laughs> In that case, as you're throwing, he looks over at you, gives a little nod, does like the point to his eyes and points at you. I give him a wink. <laughs> he gives you a wink back. It seems kind of flirty. Uh-oh. I make a face. Do the thing where you pretend to scratch your eye, but it's with your middle finger. Yeah, that's what you do. You, you do one of those. Yeah, like, a little, little oh, subtle so there. I toy with the glove I'm wearing, like, do I want to duel him later? Um. Maybe. <laughs> God, this is chaos. So, at the end of the day, unfortunately, Red wins. Um, Y'all's driver does come in second, however, as there's like a little parade around. Red is actually uh, Baron O'Kara's. As well, long as Titus's team didn't win. Mm. I mean, I'm sure that halfling had nothing to do with any of the season. I mean, it's true. No. It's true. But there's a, uh, a general, like, everyone kind of applauds. You know, it's like, oh, what fun I don't um, that everyone had. I'll be conveniently holding uh, a satchel a in one hand and a drink in the other. Yes. Can be, oh, wow. My goodness. My hands are just so full. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll allow since motive check from the party. Oh, dear. You watch about the room. Again, almost everyone seems to have very much enjoyed themselves, mm-hmm. with the exception of the people that you're obviously aware were not enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, Gwen, Felix, and Verity. Hey. The ladies. All of you note that while... Many people don't seem to have noticed you're purposefully missing or intentionally throwing at satchels and all the rest of that stuff. Serger Sarn watches all of you for a long moment, gives you that slight incline of his head. Hey. An acknowledgement of, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I wink at him too. I, I, I he just feel like back. he's coming around on us, <laughs> Gwen, right? Gwen like, offers uh, him a sly grin and just sort of tilts her head. <laughs> He turns his head in a way as if to uh, kind of yawn. You think it's actually him stretching his jaw muscles out from clenching them so tight. Before he returns back over towards the count side as the count thanks everyone, um, informs you all that there will be after dinner cocktails out on the veranda uh, while they clean up the ballroom. Um, mm. As I suppose all of you make your way outside and uh, have a moment to convene there. We all there. dust ourselves off from all the powder mm. that's all over everything Get now. a drink. Well, you know how My earlier today gods. I thought Bartleby had maybe changed? Yeah, I don't think that anymore. I think you've realized now he's... Terrible. Well. Terrible. I think we've all realized at this point. At least terrible to his staff. That was embarrassing for them. The people don't change that easily. Well, we were all young. He was even young. You change, but... Doesn't seem he's changed for the better if he has. Though mm. I am finding myself quite fond of Gurusain. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, he's he's delightful. I like talking to him earlier. So I haven't had a chance to speak with him yet, but he seems the all right sort. I might seek him out yeah. at the party after all of this. Mm. Well, good luck. Do you think anyone would notice if we drowned Titus in the chocolate fountain? Sadly, they would most definitely notice. <laughs> He's the type that it would be way more fun to just take him down a couple of pegs. Mm. Well, I think uh, any time we take him down a couple of pegs, we're going up a few pegs with others. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> he did seem to like it in a way that made me deeply uncomfortable. Well, we can rally for the next round. It's true. It is uh, 10 o'clock in the evening now. As Cornelius resists the urge to go back to his room and crawl up into a little ball, because he's so socialed out. Oh, <laughs> it's so much socializing. It's a full day. 
the serving staff goes in there and amazingly quickly cleans the ballroom. Of course they do. Like suspiciously fast? Yeah, I was about to say that <laughs> they probably have brooms yeah. of prestidigitation or something, you know? Mm. <laughs> yep. Before all of you return back into the ballroom as uh, they get ready for the evening of dancing and cards, you understand, as is common for this, this is the after the entertainment portion. Um, as such, many people are actually already starting to kind of peel off and head back towards ah, the after their party. rooms for those that want to retire early. Sadly, nah. we're here on business, so we need to participate. A majority of the people that you're wanting to feasibly talk to are still staying here just out of a, uh, a matter of Yes, interest or convenience. Um, the mm -hmm. only person of any um, import probably directly towards you is uh, Tribune Psychom actually leaves the party at this point. That's I mean, fair. I get that. She seems to have reached her maximum amount of dealing with nobility today. Yeah, yeah I'm good. As Bartleby leads all of you in, he just kind of makes the announcement of, you know, everyone will, of course, please stay for the first dance. Uh, and then after which, for those of you interested, there will be a smoking and conversation in the drawing room. Or if you'd like to excuse yourself, we will have cards in the game room. The servants can direct you there. I don't think any of us smoke, so that sounds like a bunch of cards. Yeah, or dance to keep, or dancing, keep dancing. Because you can stay or here dancing. and dance. Yeah, I guess it's true. It is time for dancing and cards. It depends on where everyone else goes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who do we need to talk to? But Bartleby then steps back. Baron O'Kara as our victor for today. You, of course, have the right to the first dance. Oh, good for him. O'Kara steps out. There's applause from everyone. Yeah, I'll applaud for the Baron. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely applaud. Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. Makes his way over to the party, bows at the waist in front of Verity, and offers his hand. <gasps> hey, I'll take it. Hey. <laughs> nice. As you take nice. his hand, he leads you out onto the dance floor. It's quite the evening we're having. Huh. You could certainly say that again. He nods. A, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciations on these. So the first dance, the, the music starts is, again, there's a full group of musicians uh, lined up off to the side. The classical music starts up. A pavain starts this stately, elegant, processional dance. The first one being danced, of course, uh, usually by the Lords and Lady of the Hour. Of course, uh, Baron O'Kara being the Lord of the Hour. Um, so since he has asked you to step out and dance. After you kind of go through the first pass, that's when everyone else starts to make their way out onto the dance floor and dance as well. Mm. Ah. Mechanically speaking, any of those of you wish may participate in the pavain. You will need to make a skill check. You cannot fail this check by enough to, like, you cannot fail this check so poorly that you, like, offend anyone. Oh, uh, but you can okay. make a skill check to impress. Okay. So the pavane, it is a slow, measured, reflecting the dignity of the nobility for this first dance. Uh, if you so choose to, you may make a perform dance or knowledge nobility to impress. Oh, okay. Perform knowledge dance is a lower DC. Can we pick mm. who we dance with? You may choose your dance partners if you so wish. Are you going for Gusera? Yeah, I'm going to go for Gusera. I know he's not <laughs> one of the people we need to influence, but very, but Gwen will go he, he over there helpful, and like offer her hand. Yeah, I mean, why not? It could still benefit us to have him on our side. He is not going to refuse the hand of a Viscountess, considering how far you are above him, but takes it. <laughs> His hand, shockingly, very cold. Because he's a freaking vampire. I'm he's about to start dating a vampire. Oh, this dude's a vampire, 100%. <laughs> uh, well, I'm certainly not going to ask Titus. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I was influencing Bartleby, but I'm not dancing with Bartleby. I, I'm going to go ask Bartleby if he'd like you to dance. You do get the bonus with him for the ever. I do. It's true. So I'm going to play the role. Yeah. Go ask Bartleby. This is the part of the spy <laughs> drama where it's like, I really don't want to do this, but <laughs> yeah, it is like for, to do it. 
For queen and country. Yeah, for queen and country, I shall <laughs> ask Bartleby to 10. All right, what about our gentleman? I'm sure Crab is going to glom on to me if I don't grab somebody else. Um, Do you hesitate? <laughs> no hesitation. You either no. grab her or you grab her daughters. <laughs> I tackle her now. Or Baroness. You um, can with Voinum. Or Sir Godius? Yeah. Voinum? Hmm? Oliver should probably grab Voinum. Yeah, Oliver mm. should probably grab Voinum. Mm. There's just nobody. Peril. You Lady can ask Sally. You can ask Okara's daughter because <laughs> she's just adorable. <laughs> Does you care to dance, person I haven't met? <laughs> oh, right. I forgot that. Yeah, never mind. Like, the only the people that I've met is Lady Lucrezia. I've met the crab. Uh, the crab? Mother, <laughs> the crab mother and daughter. Crab. Just ask Lady Crab. God, fine. I'll ask Lady Crab, even though she's already helpful. She'd be thrilled. Um, immediately of course she would be thrilled. Uh, also, she is a phenomenal dancer. Of course she is. <laughs> she's the full package. <laughs> she's actually not that bad. She's not that bad. She's maybe actually seems Cornelius very has actually. a girlfriend. You know, maybe you should open up your horizons. Is Oliver going to ask, ask Lady Voinum out to dance? Yeah, sure. Well, let, let's do that. All right. So uh, first off, again, you're going to dance the pavane. I will need a perform dance or a knowledge nobility. Um, Varian rolls a 15 for a 23 knowledge nobility. Uh, Cornelius rolls an 18 for a 28 knowledge nobility. <laughs> nice. <laughs> trying to impress over Apparently, here. Apparently, Crab and I cut quite the figure. Quinn rolls a four and only gets a 17. I mean, I guess that's mm. probably still pretty impressive for considering everybody else is yep. just nobles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Felix got a nine for a 19. Okay. And... Oliver rolls a 16 also for a 28. Oh. Wow. <laughs> the, men are, the men are looking just great right now. So Felix, Gwen, you do this dance, but uh, it's not impressive per se. <laughs> Again, maybe it's just uh, Verity traveling far and wide. Baron O'Kara is also a rather good dance partner. Nice. You know, maybe it's almost the military precision of this that seems to kind of flow easily with O'Kara and both the... Uh, uh, both Akira and Count Darahan, where it's just like marching a military step, just with a little kick the feet. Mm. Cordelius is, uh, has some experience, and again, like he's had a little bit of an awkward back and forth, but he and Lady Crab are actually kind of connecting pretty well in this. Like we have a good rapport. We're joking we have back good and chemistry, forth. Clearly, because she mm -hmm. brings out the best roles in me. <laughs> You're both like leaning in to continue to like gossip. Totally. Are you so sure like, you're pining after someone? Because you no. seem to be doing really well with I know, the dice want this to happen, clearly. So since all of you have elected to continue the dance um, in the second part of the hour, because you do get to make two dance checks, um, that first cool. one grants a plus one bonus so far to Cornelius, Verity, and Oliver. Cool. All right. In the second part, however, this is followed by the Galliard, um, <laughs> a lively leaping dance with spirited oh, no. steps and hops. Oh, oh wow. no. For those of you who wish to attempt to impress on this one, and you're committed now, um, you're out on the dance floor, I will need a performed dance or an acrobatics. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. oh, Lord. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. But we do get a plus one bonus for those of us who did well in the last yeah. round, correct? <laughs> uh, no, the plus one bonus applies to uh, influence checks. Oh, okay. Eh? Sorry, sorry. For apologies. your partner. Okay. Man, so, uh, yeah, sad. let's go ahead and get some uh, perform dance or some acrobatics. Let's I mean, see how you can does. do it untrained for perform, right? Yeah. Then my it perform is the actually a little better. For me. I got 10 for 15 acrobatics. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There we oh, go. Gwen. That's what you were waiting for, the dance you'd like. Wow. All right. <laughs> so uh, Cornelius rolls a nine for an 11. Okay. Gwen rolls a perfect 20 for a 27. Very Gracious. nice. <laughs> 
This is a little bit more e upbeat. This is like, ah, uh, this is a little <laughs> bit more my energetic style. Yeah. I'm just going to blame it on the fact that I got shot, but I got a three for a five. <laughs> yeah. It is hard no. to be acrobatic when your shoulder is just aching. <laughs> sure. mm. So uh, dance, all, dance, dance. And all Oliver rolls an 18 for a 20. There we go. <laughs> there nice. Go. So Oliver and uh, Gwen both doing exceptionally well um, at this this high stepping. Uh, technically speaking, Oliver just um, actually, no, the performed dance is a DC 15. Okay. So you actually passed fairly well. The acrobatics is a DC 20. Ooh. Oh, the perform, dang the it. I should have dance done the is always one. easier. You dance exceptionally well. Maybe it's your own natural skill and all the rest of it. Maybe it's uh, the fact that Ross and Heather have both played Werewolf the Apocalypse. Mm. They're just like, I know Galliots. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I played a Galliard. I played a Galliard once. Yeah. As you go out there, you uh, again dance this, this leaping spirited dance um, as you go back and forth. Uh, meaning that that is another plus one bonus for uh, Oliver, and that's a plus one bonus for Gwen. Nice. Uh, quick round table, I guess. Uh, Verity, uh, dancing with Okara. Are you attempting an influence check? Uh, sure. Yeah. You having like little whispered conversations about horses? I guess we are. Well, again, keep rides. in mind that this is an hour of dancing, so it's a lot of it's just you, this basically is your partner for the hour. So you go mm -hmm. out, okay. you dance, you go back over, you drink something, you take a quick breather, maybe you sit down and like you know stretch your legs out. Sure. Um, a lot of people are kind of wandering in and out of the ballroom and out onto the veranda because it's a pleasant night outside. All right. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and make me a ride check. Uh, it's going to be an 11 for a 21. Also, making a ride check with Okara is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm um, spicy. <laughs> but I'm spicy. Yeah, he seems to be getting along quite well. Again, that that exceeds the DC by five, granting you two successes as uh, you think you're really starting to sway Okara over to your viewpoint. Nice. Yeah, we're just we're here to, to help out and all the rest of that stuff, kind of getting a read on him. What his stance is, you get the impression that a lot of the stuff that he's doing here is out of this uh, responsibility. Mm. He is a baron here. This is his county, etc. So you do bump him up. He's not uh, up to the next stage yet, but he is close. He's near the tipping gotta point. Got to work on him We're again the there. next hour, and I'll probably be fine. Bring mm. us over to uh, Cornelius with uh, Lady Crab. I don't think she can be any more I helpful. I don't think I can influence her any higher, right? Uh, you can't. Really, the only thing you could attempt to do would be a discovery check to try to figure out what her strength is. Uh, mm. Well, considering my sense motive is a zero, that's unlikely. It's not always sense motive. In fact, for her, if you're wanting to attempt to determine her strength, it's specifically uh, knowledge, local, or perception. Oh, okay. Um, that's actually better for me. Um, Wait, did clothing add to that last check? To influence, yes. So that would be a 23. That will actually advance them to helpful. Yes! Hey. Hey. There we go. All you need Delightful. to do is dance with them. <laughs> Very good. And it's really funny because it have, has anybody seen the Macklemore song where that Idris Elba uh, guest stars in? No. no, no, it's all about, you know, it's all about a dance off. Hmm. That's wild. That's sounding. interesting. <laughs> no, I've yeah. not seen that. <laughs> I will. I will send it to everyone afterward. Oh, baby. I roll a 19 for a 30. Wow. You guys are just really hitting it off. Dang it. The dice <laughs> want this so badly. <laughs> you actually are having like a really good conversation. I know. With Cornelius is just just loving this. Funny enough, when you're out on the veranda, like she opens up a little bit. Like there's a little bit of that. There's that constant playful side, but she kind of lets that slip a little bit. She doesn't really like all the stuffiness. She's like these big parties, these stuffy that there's all these people that are basically taking the whole idea of these like these noble responsibilities too seriously. Mm. I just want to be in my town. I want to help my conservatory. 
You know, you get the feeling that she doesn't really want to do all the quote unquote big noble things. More that she honestly seems like she would have been happier just running the conservatory. Mm. Yeah. Um, and not constantly like hunting a husband for a daughter. But as you're standing here, as you're looking out over the uh, the field here, uh, watching all the insects and such, she kind of, she looks out over them. You know, Cornelius, if it's okay if I call you Cornelius. Oh, of course. My husband was always better at the noble side of things. I like to run galas and parties and charity events and organize exhibitions for our arts. He was the one that did all the business. And since he was gone, there's not really anyone to keep up with the business. It's been dreadfully difficult. Many of the people have pushed me to pursue O'Kara. I'm a widow. He's a widower. Close to the same age, but you're a trusting soul, so I imagine this will stay between us. Oh, of course. The man is dreadfully dull. <laughs> he takes it so seriously. Everything so seriously. I can understand why his daughter's the firecracker that she is. I wish she and Sepsinia were of closer of an age. We could have been friends, but I don't know. I don't want to tell another man how to raise his child, but I think she rebels because she's a free spirit. And I don't think he understands how to handle something like that. Well, and as to your being with the Baron, if there's no chemistry, if there's no real attraction or love, it's not worth it. You would be miserable. It'd be consolidating our station and all of that. And while it is nice to have the security that comes with station and position, the man's a bit of a stick in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> well, to each their own, I find that I myself prefer focusing more on intellectual pursuits rather than, as you said, the business of governing. So I can sympathize very much with wanting sometimes to just able to do what you want to do and not any of the stuff you don't. Precisely. To just not. <laughs> she pats you affectionately on the shoulder. Mechanically speaking, you have learned her strength. The thing that she's resistant to, if you attempted to speak to her that. Uh, she is horribly bored by anyone taking their noble responsibilities too seriously. <laughs> Again, one of the few reasons that she hasn't tried to pursue Baron O'Kara for herself. Mm. Well, there you go. Yep, all right. Well, she she very much wants to live the charmed life. All right, fair enough. Well, it's not even um, that she necessarily wants to live the charmed life. She just thinks that most people, most nobles are too obsessed with the gaining of power, too obsessed with the administration of their things and such. And she's just like, I just want to run my conservatory. So she just doesn't want to play the political game. Well, it's some of it's that, and it's also, it's kind of like a CEO that reaches a point where they have like loads of money and then suddenly they're like, Oh, well, there's this side project that I was working once on to feed hungry people someplace. And like, now mm. that's my thing. I don't yeah. really care about the company yeah. anymore. It's this project that I want to do. The Bill Gates trying to feed the world and in diseases. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. I'm alone now with nothing but power and time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, cutting over, I suppose, Gwen's inside uh, chatting up the Inquisitor. So are displays like that common around here? Gwen kind of makes a face. <laughs> Displays like what? I saw the look you had on your face, very similar to the one that I had when that charming little bit of entertainment transpired this evening. I don't like surprises <laughs> or resources being directed in a direction that would be unproductive. Spoken like an Abadaran. 
but this is my lord's lands. True, but that doesn't mean you have to like it. I think not liking what one does would make for a miserable existence. Yeah. That's true, but I was just referring to you don't have to like everything Bartleby does just because he's the lord of the land. Count Lothied is <laughs> a generous individual when he chooses to be. He does not possess the breadth of experience that some do. He glances in the direction of the Count. He does not know fear. That's interesting. There are those blessed few he inclines his head, kind of almost in your direction. I mean, Gwen's hand would probably flutter up towards her scar, talking about fear. That do understand the difficulties of life beyond the marbled halls and dance cards. I can say that's something I do understand. I do not wish you to have an incorrect impression. The Count is a good man, just sheltered from certain elements of life. Because this guy's been taking care of all the dirty business. I maintain order, you see. He glances once about the room, and I don't like mess. That, I think, is something we can both agree on. If I may offer you a word of warning. Of course. This was not the first recent attempt on the count from this Night Swan, and he or she does not limit herself to the Count alone. Mm. They've been targeting mm. other nobility. Nobility. Successful merchants. Any of the, shall we simply say, privileged upper class. She has in fact targeted the Church of Abadar as well. Mm -hmm. You have come to this land during a difficult time, I would ask you to be cautious. I will do my best. Of course. I would, if time permits, like to spend some more time with you. His cold eyes stare into yours for a long moment. Time is one of the few things that I have almost none of. But if you should find yourself in Lothadar, I would be happy to share a drink with you. Oh! <laughs> That sounds yeah, better than probably most people get. Wonderful. Yep. Gwen smiles. But again, be cautious. I don't suppose you have any idea where this person might be or who they are, or just be cautious of everyone in general. May I be blunt, my lady? Always. If I did, they'd be dead. <laughs> I really like him. Smiles. Like, not in a flirty way, but in that I'm a scold and I like rage, and that sounds amazing, kind of like almost sinister way. <laughs> <laughs> the Night Swan is actually him. He's like, I'm tired of saving all these nobles all the time. But I suppose you enjoy your dance. Yes. Uh, chat with him a little bit more. Get a little bit of information there. All right. In the meantime, Felix. Oh, uh, well, I'm. I guess I'm going to attempt to influence Bartleby. Gotta go for an influence. I didn't know if you're going to try to discover his strength. Ooh, I could. Yeah, let's go for that. All right. So for Bartleby, his strength, you may attempt either a sense motive or knowledge nobility. Your choice. My sense motive is higher. Not my best roll, but I rolled an eight for a 19. 19. 
A 19 is a success. Um, you did yeah, get to chat go. with uh, Bartleby for a bit. He seems to have thought his uh, little production went off pretty well. Oh, yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. All of things course considered. he does. Uh... I'm sure he does. Funny enough, as you're kind of chatting to him, it's that curious thing. You get the impression that he is one of those people that fell victim to this idea is very interesting and not registering the optics of it. Yeah. Like even when you're talking to him, he's it's like, I wanted to do that ever since I read an entire book on the history of entertainment in Taldor and doing this chariot race. It's like, I'm glad it went off as well as it was. You'd be amazed how difficult it was to, to have all of these small chariots designed because obviously I couldn't do it in the grounds outside. There's peacocks everywhere. So it seems to have thought, like, my idea to use halflings was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because he's totally sheltered yeah. from it all, There's right? Yeah, like Gersane just said, he's a good man, but he has no sense of reality outside of birdsong. You know? Mm. Well, he's been spoiled rotten for how long? Mm -hmm. He's almost 40. Mm -hmm. He's older than us. Actually, he's older than us, so he's in his 40s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but he's never had anybody to tell him no. Yeah, nobody sure. here tells him that was mm. really bad. Big fish in a small pond, yes. Yep. Yeah. Talking to him, though, especially pertaining towards this, you quickly garner an idea of uh, of what he's resistant to talking about. Uh, specifically in this case, maybe even mention in passing pertaining towards, like, the difficulty of uh, these halflings having to deal with that, or at the very least, this, like, idea of that's not really what they signed up for. To which his general response is, well, they signed up to work for me, and I had mm -hmm. a job for them, and that was the job I gave them. Oh whether or not that was the job that they necessarily signed up for. And a little bit of that, like, well, if they didn't want it, they could quit um, uh, sort of thing. Oh, mm. and that bothers Felix so much based yeah, on her there, there is a reason why that uh. is, uh, if not outright illegal, frowned upon in a lot of European countries um, yeah. who have stronger mm. labor well, rights because, uh, yeah, hiring somebody for one thing and then having them do something else can be crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's also got that kind of mentality that some people have today about living in states that are passing laws you don't agree with. Well, just move. It's like... Yeah, like, because, cause, you know, we can just drop all the money mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. You know, we can just leave. We can just do that. It's like, why? This is my home. Why can't I make this place a better place? Yeah, but I yeah. always, mm. I see those arguments online all the time. Like, you are aware that in, uh, in Bartleby's case, I can't remember where I got this phrase from, but to still a phrase that I've heard before. Bartleby doesn't associate himself with the idea of the common man because he is not a common man. Oh, my oh, gosh. God. He's got wizard arrogance. He's not even a full wizard. Technically speaking, Bartleby does not want to be associated with the common peasant, trying to evoke any sense of compassion for the downtrodden or sense of collective identity uh, with oh. peasants. Basically raises his hackles um, wow. and imposes a minus wow. four penalty on checks to try to influence him because he just Jeez. doesn't view himself. It's like, that's fine for the common man, not a common man. Mm. That's the uh, that's the general vibe that you get from, uh, from Count Lothied. Yep, which is very antithetical to what Felix believes. I was going to say, yeah. how is every... Felix not just wanting to just reach out and just throttle him? It's very hard because she has a, she spends a lot of time with common folk. This is also <laughs> an extraordinarily common thought process for yes. nobles. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The simple fact of the matter is, is that he just doesn't view himself as having anything in common with the commoners. Um, and as such, it's like, well, I was born to rule literally what I was raised to do and they were born oh. to serve she just wants to give him a taste of like what her parents did to her where they were like oh you think you're better than all of them fine 
No money. We're going to send you to a city where you got to go work. Have fun. But we're going to take his house from him anyway. I was going to say, if you want an idea of mm. uh, Bartleby and how he was raised, uh, see the share memory that I did recently with Martella. Mm. Oh, boy. I bet it's yeah. terrible. But in the meantime, Oliver, I believe, is uh, is off towards the side dancing with uh, Baroness Voinum. Indeed. Um, who is rather skilled dancer herself. Yeah, I'm impressed. I think the two of you are basically of an equal height, so... Uh, it works well. I think she's slightly taller than me, but yeah. yes, just about. Yes, we love a giant lady. <laughs> um, so are we going for an influence uh, or a discovery? Uh, I will try influence in this case because I okay. remember knowledge local was something she was interested in. Knowledge local is something, in fact, that she is very interested in. Um, she is one of the harder people to influence, even if you're going for a skill that yeah. you're good at. I mean, I am interested in the history of Merritt County, and I believe I get a total of a plus two because of the dancing prowess yeah, I just played. you are displayed. dancing extraordinarily well. So let's give it a shot. Ooh, hey. All right. Hey. That is nice. a 16 for a 28 on Ooh, Knowledge wow, Local. Wow. That exceeds job. the DC by 10. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's okay. three, nice. right? That's a three up? Yeah. That is three. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. You, you have a wonderful, like, hour conversation with her. She goes in depth as you're sitting there going, it's like, I didn't know that there were earthquakes in this region. She's like, oh, yes, Wait, there what? was this earthquake that hit a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, talking about the hunting of the last of the bugbears from the bugbear wood that was done by mm. her grandfather and like all of the rest of this stuff. Mm. Uh, silly while she's dancing by, by is like, there's still bugbears and the kind of dances past. Show <laughs> 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 the entire theory. <laughs> okay, I, I know that like Cornelius and Verity have this like weird like star cross thing, but okay, Verity needs to marry the Baron and Cornelius <laughs> needs to marry Crab and then. It's perfect. <laughs> when we're all done, everyone's married. And then oh, Oliver gets I'm Voinum. already married. I mean, Voinum is like, what, in her 60s? I'm not saying though, Oliver has 60s. to marry Voinum. I'm talking about those yeah. two. We had to save some weddings for the other books of this adventure, <laughs> y'all. Yeah, but yeah, you actually, you have a wonderful time dancing with her, chatting about this. Um, she is hardline. Like, she is, she is a very firm individual. But at mm -hmm. the same time, she seems to definitely appreciate, one, your tact, your kind of focus on uh, this kind of traditionalist views that you have. That being said, you kind of get the impression that while she herself is very, it's interesting because she is very much about loving the traditions and the rote and ritual and all the rest of that stuff at, with Taldor. But at the same time, she also seems to be very much about the idea of innovating and changing and improving things. Um, you get this strong impression that she's uh, some of what you probably agree with um, as you're kind yeah. of chatting with her, where she's just like, you know, need to focus on improving the structure of the empire, making sure the, you know, the uh, infrastructure again. Infrastructure! Um, yes. She and I would give chat. Um, some things you might not agree with, which um, includes she does have a view on the idea of uh, mandatory military service. Mm. Yeah, that's of a being, little bit. You know, better mm. to promote uh, patriotism and make a stronger military class as far as the nation is concerned. I mean, I'm not opposed to the idea of, like, training people how to fight if they needed to. But yeah, at like the same time, style. like... Might let it drop that uh, the simple fact of the matter is, is that if the other three baronies, the Okara barony, the uh, Telus barony, and the Stavian barony, all raise their armies, it would not equal two-thirds of the military might of the Voidum barony. Whoa! Considering Dang. that almost all of her peasants are trained. Wow. Whoa. Dang. I like this lady. Wow. I mean, yeah, she's pretty she's great. Pretty that cool. in mind when it's time to, to march out and kick out uh, Bartleby. <laughs> have, have we Gracious. brought her up from unfriendly yet? I'm hope, uh, probably uh, not. No, she's but... still unfriendly, but she's uh, oh, okay. she's willing to chat. <laughs> that, that was that was half giving you information and half a threat. Like, look what I can bring to bear. 
a little bit is also um, uh, while you're here, at the very least, she does expect also both from you as well as from uh, Felix that while the two of you are here and your friends, yeah, Bethany and this the stacky area is still is expected to continue to train and prepare, which is something that they have not been yeah. doing for the last decade because they haven't oh, actually that's had. That's what Oliver does oh. for House Darahan, yeah. right? As you train uh, a lot of it, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, we will need uh, military might, considering uh, the only concession that she's really gotten recently for the Voina Barony is that um, part of the Telus Barony was given over to her. Uh. She doesn't go into detail pertaining towards the Telus Barony, but she yeah, seems rather There's no Telus displeased. here, either. There is Remember, no Telus here. That, nope. that Baron is super reclusive, and people don't think he's left his own manor in, like, years. A yeah, decade, and yeah. Crooked. Dude died a, Maybe he's a long dead. time ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you continue the dance. Um, you finish the first hour of dancing and such, um, at which point the uh, the bells ring. A couple of people begin to make their way uh, off towards bed as it's about 11 o'clock now, although some people are still out here uh, continuing their dance. Uh, many people have already started retiring to either uh, go smoking or go play some cards um, over mm. in the game room. I suppose as uh, all of you kind of reconvene after having gotten a little bit more information pertaining towards your host in the form of Bartleby, a bit more information pertaining towards uh, Lady Crab and her relation to Crab's in this difficult position where she lives in the Telus Barony. Oh, right. So she's supposed to be reporting to a baron that doesn't ever even and show up. Mm-hmm. Getting a bit more information of maybe about the Night Swan and the, the situation, people's relationships back With towards With so many Bartleby. attacks, I don't know if this was somebody impersonating the Night Swan. They might just be that much of a vigilante that this Baron is a mess. It could also be Possible. not one vigilante, yeah. but a group of it's them. It's one of those, this Baron is such a mess, I'm taking out anybody that's in power because they'll get replaced and maybe with people who care more or something. Hey, you know what we can look forward to? Them trying to kill us. <laughs> Made some inroads with uh, the Baroness of your own county. And uh, I suppose mm-hmm. we'll have to figure out what all of you are going to be doing to continue your uh, influences next time. Ba-da-ba-ba. All right. Uh, Still oh, one man. hour left tonight. It's a busy evening. I'm tired. Yeah, it's all fiction. Oh, it's yeah. so late. True. How, what yep. time do we wake up tomorrow? <laughs> I'm wondering. We better be able to sleep in. There's a <laughs> hunt and all sorts of shenanigans tomorrow. Oh, I'm Another hunt, full though. day of activities yeah so uh, again thank you all for joining us as always to all of our listeners we hope that you've enjoyed this as we getting into the uh, the day two of the jubilee grand hunt uh, ready for tomorrow but before we get to that we've got a, another game of cards and maybe just maybe a surprise no oh, no another, another surprise, surprise. oh my gosh i don't another need another one from barley uh to barley especially i don't want his surprises in fact i'll even let you guys in on this we're going to be starting next episode with a big surprise oh no uh, <laughs> who knows okay. Is, oh, do we find gosh. out gersane's a vampire and he <laughs> <laughs> he tries to nibble us in the night how'd you sleep last night gwen uh, this bat keep ran- kept raining into my window hold on <laughs> <laughs> <Slap>. <laughs> I was going to let him in, but I just, it was kind of cold. Children of the night. What sweet music they make. Yeah, but we do want to take an opportunity to thank all of our amazing patrons uh, for their continued patronage, their continued support. I think we should probably thank a couple of them by name. And I'll go ahead and start things off and thank John Davis. Thank you, John. Appreciate it, John. Thank you, John. Yes, thank you, John. I'd like to thank Nicholas Venn. Thank you, Nicholas. Ah, right. Thank you. Did yeah. he invent the Venn diagram? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes. Gracious. Thank you, Nicholas. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> All right. And I would like to thank the Scottish superhero, Dylan McCapes. Thank you, Dylan. Hey. That's awesome. Thank That's you, a Dylan. good last Thanks, name. Dylan. 
Actually, I've never yeah, heard of the Capes before, but I like that. I, that's a new name. Yeah, a new one. I like that. It's cool. And I would like to thank uh, Shane Pittman. Thank you, Shane. Well, thank right. you, Shane. Appreciate the support, Shane. I know a lot of really good Shanes. Nice. Uh, and I would like to thank David Sheplow. Thanks, David. Well, thank you, David. All right. Thank you, David. Fun fact, if I had been a boy, my name would have been David. Oh, there you go. My name would have been Michael. My name would have still been Jordan. I would like to go on ahead and thank the Shadow Mind, uh, as I have been briefly taken over by the Shadow Mind. Welcome, our Shadow Mind overlords. Yes. Thanks, Shadow Mind. I'd like to remind you as a media personality. Thank you, Shadow Mind. I can be used to round up others. Yes, yes. Thank you, Shadow Mind. Thank you, Shadow Mind. If I had rights to it, I'd play the uh, Hypnotoad sound effect whenever you that. I don't have rights to the Hypnotoad sound effect. <laughs> Can't you play like it for like five seconds or something? And not? I'm sure yeah. there's some fair use of it. Yeah. But yes, thank you all for your continued patronage, your continued support. You are all amazing. And I do want to, of course, give a shout out, as we so often do, and by that I mean every episode, to our Find the Path tier patrons in the form of uh, Andrew Miller, Ann Herr, Braden Worrell, Colin Bill, Elliot Brown, Eric and Lisa Junker, Gary S., Ian Date, Jessica Vetterly, Jim C., Joshua Saldana, Kevin Etterfay, Lewis Ellis, Siren Roll, and TJ Kahn. I feel like that list keeps getting longer, which is good. I do think there was <laughs> another person added on that time. Colin Bill was added uh, recently. Yeah. Mm. Oh, awesome. We're growing. Thanks. Yeah, thank you all so much. Tune Absolutely. in next time for this, uh, this, let us simply say, shocking surprise. Mm. Maybe even an uninvited guest. The chandelier collapses, the night swan's just up there with the crossbow. I don't think Martella just pops up out of nowhere and is like, all right, you know what? My family sucks. I'm getting you out of here myself. I found the deed. GTFO. (laughs) (laughs) That would be hilarious. It's just like, get out. (laughs) Shoo. Shoo. Yep. Might even tease that there may be even a twist to uh, to that element of the story that all of you haven't oh seen coming yet. There's so, so many, many twists. twists. Twisty turning. Oh my god! Right, I know we're only supposed to record, you know, two episodes today, but I think everybody needs to clear their schedule for a third because <laughs> Rick twists. <laughs> Gracious. But check back with us next time for the next continued time. adventure of the Knights of Summer. And until next time. Good luck, Pathfinders. Good luck. Bye, everybody. Good luck out there. Bye. 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 Uninvited guest. That could be interesting. That sounds fun. I'm just saying, if the nice one takes another shot at Bartleby, maybe we don't save him. (laughs) (laughs) eh. It would be easier to get him out if he weren't here. (laughs) There's just a flash as uh, Bartleby's uncle greater teleports into the room. (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be pretty fun. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. War for the Crown is copyright 2018. War for the Crown and the Pathfinder Venture Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.